Everybody familiar with that verse? Well, this time, when y'all, when y'all bring y'all gifts or y'all gift exchange, make sure it's a gift that you would want yourself. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's, a, it's an awesome opportunity to really be able to give to others. And so um, uh, let's just really have a really, really good time. I'm just riding high uh, because the Cowboys did a marvelous thing on Monday night. Did y'all see that? Oh, I'm going to use the pulpit to talk about that just a little bit. Should I preach on that? No, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing. And uh, so hopefully all of you guys can come on out uh, to the Christmas party. Uh, it's going to be at Brother Aiken's house, and we're just going to have a blast just like we did last year. Amen. Uh, are you ready for the word of the Lord? Amen. Go ahead and turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 1. And, uh, and we're also going to look at Luke chapter 2. We're going to read a few passages this morning. Uh, so go ahead and stand to your feet. As we honor God's word. So we're going to read Luke chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and down to verse 25. And then we're going to go to over to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 down through verse 14. Are you there? Say amen. amen. Are your eyes on the screen? Say Amen. <laughs> Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother was uh, betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take To you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now jump on over to Luke chapter number two and we're going to start reading in verse number one. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee and out of the city of David into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Mm. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And so when it was, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass that the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, will you speak to us, Lord, about, about the events surrounding your birth, your coming to man to redeem, to bring hope, to bring life. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are teaching us even at this very moment. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that reveals. And I pray today, Lord, that there will be revelation, that there will be insight, that there will be something God said today, Father God, that will crystallize, Lord, the beauty and the glory of you and your son coming to earth to die for sinful man. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. I want to begin this message. Uh, we started last week. Actually, the series is entitled Christmas Is. And last week, we talked about the fact that Christmas is salvation. And so we really underscored the fact that this is a time more than any other time, I believe, other than Easter, to really um, to share Christ and to remind people that Christ came to save us. And uh, we are so grateful for that. And so we took an opportunity. We really talked about that in great detail. So we're going to continue our series today, Christmas Is. And today, uh, our subject title is Christmas Is Surprises. How many like surprises? Anybody like surprises? Um, I got a couple of stories I want to share with you. I try to be as brief as I can. But a few years ago, uh, I had a dear friend of mine who, uh, who called me. And he said, uh, Pastor Gary, uh, could you do me a favor and meet me at the Starbucks? Now, you know if you invite Pastor Bailey to the Starbucks, I'm all in. And so, because I, I, you know, I love Starbucks. So I, I go over to Starbucks, and when I get to Starbucks, he's holding this, uh, this huge bag. You know, no warning. I'm thinking, you know, maybe there's a problem, there's some issues, because I knew that, you know, there were some issues with the marriage and whatnot. And so, so I go over there thinking I'm going to minister. And he has this big old bag just kind of sitting there, you know. And so I sit down, and, and I say, hey, brother, what can, what can I do for you? What's, what's going on? And he says, uh, hey, I got something for you, and I want you to have it. And I looked at the bag, and it's a pretty significant bag. And I said, wow, this must be pretty awesome. And he gave me the bag, and I opened the bag up, and, and he made me open it right then and there. And it was this most beautiful, gorgeous Dallas Cowboy leather jacket that I have ever seen on the planet. And how many know that Pastor Bailey was on cloud nine for about a good couple of weeks? That was a really, really good surprise. But then, 
you know, in life, we have those, uh, those unplanned surprises. We won't necessarily call them good, but they're the kind of surprises that just kind of take us off our game a little bit. We're not really prepared for them. Such was the case that when my uh, wife, and everybody, everybody say hi to my little daughter right here. This is Destiny. Say hi to Destiny. Destiny. And Destiny, so I'm going to tell, I think I've told her this story. So, but, uh, so I get this call from my wife. This was another surprise. So I get this call from my wife. I'm at work, and she calls me up. And uh, my wife, I knew she had to go to the doctor. I knew she had an appointment. She had, uh, I guess, to see her gynecologist and all that stuff that women do. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you know she's just going to give me an update and say everything's good. Well, she did. She called me. She said, hey, uh, uh, honey, everything's good. Pass me a great. I'm like, great, baby. Excellent. And she's like, I got something to tell you. I said, what? She says, uh, um, I'm pregnant. Uh, let me tell you something. Brother was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Shocked. And I just stood there because, let me tell you this, when, when my wife, previously, we had always planned for three kids. So this is what we planned for. Everybody say plan. plan. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We planned for the, So I'm standing there. So when she said this to me, so normally whenever we, she would tell me about the kids, it would always be like this little romantic thing, right? She would like, wait till I get home, you know, get candlelight, we sit down, nice and chill. Hey, I'm pregnant, everything's good. But this one was like, we did it so many times, and I guess my wife just didn't know how it would take it, so she called, and, and I'm standing there when she said it, and, and I'm like, somebody was talking to me, but all I can see was their lips moving, and I was just zoned out, and they said, are you okay? And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, brothers, walk with me on this. How did that happen? <laughs> you, you, you know, how? Like, 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 we don't know, right? Like, How? Did this happen? So my mind instantly, I'm going to, you know, how are we going to pay for this? And how are we going to pay for that? And this really wasn't part of the plan. We didn't plan this. And my wife said to me, she said, honey, so are you, are you, are you mad? I said, oh, no, I'm not mad. I'm just, how did it happen? <laughs> you know, I'm not mad. I'm just trying to figure it out. And uh, so long and short of the story is, I ended up really like maybe a couple of days because I felt so convicted. Anybody ever felt convicted? Uh, you know, you probably should have had a different reaction. And, and so I, I named my daughter Destiny. That's how she got her name. As a reminder to my dumb self that, 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 that Destiny was, uh, it's destiny. That she wasn't an accident. That she was all a part of God's plan. Can you give God praise for that? Amen. You're here because God destined you to be here today. So the reality of it is, is we all have moments in time in life where things happen. You know, you get surprised in life. You get surprised by a job situation or like me, you know, a pregnancy comes you really wasn't prepared for. You have a, a, a quick change in your financial structure and you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, you know what, how am I going? I didn't prepare. I'm not, I'm not ready for this. So we all have those moments in time in life where we're kind of like saying to God, God, how did I end up here? Some of us are in relationships we never thought we'd be in. You're in places that you never thought you'd be. You're around people that you never thought that you would be around. How I many can look back five, six, seven years ago and think, that I had no idea I would be here today. I mean, like where you are. But how I many know that God is still in control of your life? None of this stuff. God is not sitting back saying, oh, I, oh, okay, 
But how do we know God knows? He plots our steps. And, and what, what happens in life is that I'm always reminded of this, that, that whatever decisions I make in life and whatever decisions you make in life, all of us, all of us must remember this one thing, that God is still in control. Say that with me. God is still in control. Say it one more time. God is still in control. And just because your situation baffled you and you got this huge surprise that you weren't prepared for, how many know, aren't you glad to know that God is sitting on the throne and God has a plan for your life? And so knowing that to be the case, then we can really approach the future with optimism no matter what happened in my life because I understand that everything is going to work together for good because nothing just happens for the Christian. Come on, somebody. We don't believe in chance. We believe in purpose. We believe in destiny. How many know God is a God of purpose and serve his kids? And that's how we look at life. And so I want to talk a little bit. I want to draw some, some, some context from uh, the story of Christ's birth. It's really an amazing, an amazing, amazing, amazing story. Um, and so I want to start by, by, by saying this. Um, First of all, you and I must understand that there are still people today, largely in the Jewish culture, who don't believe that Jesus is their Messiah. There's still people out there that's kind of waiting. Because I want you to understand this, because when we're talking about Christ's birth, so God is going to bring his son into the world. He's a God in flesh. And the way God does it is completely different than what people think. How many know that God often works in your life different than the way you think? You may have prayed that God do it this way, but how many have discovered God always, a lot of times, the more I live, he, I mean, he may answer my prayers, but almost never exactly like I want it. Is anybody else tracking with me today? And so there were many messianic prophecies concerning the Christ and how Jesus would come. And so for many of them, they believed that, you know, that Jesus would come and when the Messiah would come, he would come with great power. He would come with authority and he would destroy all of Israel's enemy and put Israel on the map. And Israel would be the superpower of the earth and, and God and, and the Messiah will reign. And, and, and this is what they expect. Now, they had the same scriptures that we had, but they didn't see the hidden prophecies about the suffering servant. They didn't see that. I mean, know that, that when you really want to see something, you're determined to see something your way. How many know that you can miss truth? If you look at things, you know, you can look at the scripture, you can approach the scripture with a certain disposition and say, this is the way I'm going to look at it. This is where I'm going to come at it. You can come with that disposition, all right, locked down. This is the way I want to see it. And everything in the Bible is you see it exactly the way you want to see it. How many know a lot of times that's how people get in trouble? So in this particular passage, I mean, these passages that we read about how it talked about the suffering Christ, the virgin birth, all that was already there. But they didn't see it. And so they had in their minds that when Jesus would come, he would come as this great king. They didn't see him coming as a suffering servant. Again, God is outside of the box. And so Looking at Matthew and Luke's accounts, we kind of really see how God thinks completely and totally different than you and me. 
And I really want us to understand and, be, and, and really begin to gauge this morning and understand that God, more than not, oftentimes he don't think like you think. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He doesn't think the way you think. But look at this. And so let's look at some of the events surrounding his, his birth. First of all, there's a world's way of thinking, and then there's God's. There's our way of thinking, and then there's God. Like, for example, God chose to introduce the Savior to the world through a poor, blue-collar, low-class family. How many know that, that if, if you were to ask me if I were going to introduce the Christ child, how many know that Christ is the king? This is the most important person that will ever be on the planet, right? Jesus. I mean, you're talking about the savior of all mankind. And what God does is God used a poor family, a, a teenage girl. They, they have absolutely no influence. There's nothing popular about that family. And God chose to use them. Now, if it was me and if the world way of thinking, the world would be like, hey, you know what? Let's bring in, let's bring him in through the royal family. How I many of you are familiar with the royal family? Where there's power and where there's influence. I mean, this is going to be the king, right? So we're going we're gonna to do this thing up right. No, God does it completely different. So I have to bring his son in through the virgin birth. You know, you know if it was me, I'd be like, Lord, forget all that. Let's just come down. Boom, Messiah. Let's rule. Crush all the enemies. Let's just take charge. Let's just, let's just do this thing. You know, let's like John Wayne style, gun blazing. Hey, I'm here. Boom. Let's do it. Now, God goes through a whole different, unconventional way of doing this. But then not only that, God chooses, he chooses Bethlehem. Now, today Bethlehem is considered obviously a, a, a religious place and there's a lot of uh, you know, a lot of history there, but, but, but it didn't have always the same reputation. Bethlehem was really like this little, small, little village. See, but, see in the world's worth thinking, I mean, wow, think about it. I mean, you know, if, 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 if I'm going to bring in the, the, the Christ, the, the, the Christ, the child, the savior of the earth, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring him in New York style, L.A., places where everybody know about, right, Paris. Well-known spots, I mean, because this is the sun. He brings them in, and the Christ child comes to this little town called Bethlehem. Rather insignificant, nothing great about it. This is how God does it. But then on top of that, as you read the accounts, you think that if you're going to bring the son of God in, that that you at least have a real nice place for him to chill out at, right? I mean, you know, hotel, motel, holiday inn. Y'all got it? Yeah. Some of y'all like that. Okay. I just, yeah, just mess with some of y'all. No, I mean, when, when, the, when, when, when he comes, the Bible says that there is no room for him. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? The, the God who said that the earth is a Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwell in it, you bring in the Christ child, the king of kings, and there is no room for him. If it was me, I'd have been hooking brother up at the Ritz. Come on. The Marriott. <laughs> but what does God do? 
bring his son into an environment where it stinks. It's kind of like a feeding trough. You know those little manger scenes, those manger scenes y'all look at? Y'all think, oh, that's so cute. It was a smelly place where he was born. It was nasty. It was dirty. It was cold. But in the world's way of thinking, that was us. We wouldn't have did it like that. But God did it. But then, take it a step further. The first people that he wanted to make the announcements to when he was born, the angels, you know, you know the folks that the first people they go to are the shepherds. The lowly, lowly shepherds. I mean, hold up, God. Wait a minute. You know, if I'm God's public relations manager, I've been like, hold up, God. That ain't going to work. Let's do this CNN style, New York Times, Washington Post. Let's, let's, let's let this thing be known through a people who got power, who can get the word out. Right? Nah. Takes them over <laughs> to little shepherds. You know, in those days, Shepherds had the, the uh, reputation for being like the tax collectors and the sinners. Shepherds in those days, they were known as a little like, like they was basically considered like dung sweepers. Their jobs were pretty much looked down on. They were pretty much looked down on. As a, as a people that wasn't all that important, a people that wasn't that significant. I mean, later Jesus came, he validated, he gave, you know, he talked about the, he talked about the qualities of a good shepherd. But if you go back in, in the biblical times, those you know, shepherds weren't people who had, you know, influence, they, had, they didn't have power. They were ordinary, you know, lowly people. And God decides to bring his son into the earth, and the first folks that he wanted to announce it to are the lowly shepherds. How many of you would have been like me? Wait a minute, God. I've been having, oh, God, let's not do it that way. Here's a better way. You can really get the word out. But all, I said all that to say that how many know that God thinks differently than you? How many have ever tried to put God in a box? <laughs> how many have been disappointed when you try to put God in a box? Now watch this. So why did God do, why did God do it this way? So why did God do it? There's two, two things that come to mind. That God wanted to demonstrate that the message of the gospel and the Savior was for everyone. Everybody say everyone. It's for everyone. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29 says this. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Not many. But God has chosen, look at this church, the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Don't you love God? And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things or the low things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. I want you to understand this is how God thinks. So what does God do? What was the, the message? That this message, this gospel is for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what class you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what people say. How many know the message is for everybody? Jesus came for the broken. He came for the rejected. He came for the despised. Because how many know that when people have money, sometimes money has a way of giving you a false sense of security? Some people, when people have money, they, oftentimes they trust in their money. 
But, but poor folks know they ain't got nothing anyway. So if something amazing happened, they got, it, they got to give God the glory. But you understand that, 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 that God wanted his message not to just be for a few select folk, but he wanted to send the message that this gospel is for everybody. Everybody is important to God. God also wanted to prove his unwavering love for humanity. Uh, Brother Walter read this verse earlier. John 3.16, I think sometimes when we read this verse and we are so familiar with it that we really forget the power of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How do we know God loves people? God loves humanity. And the fact, and I, and I said this last week, but the fact that God will come down, clothe himself in flesh, Subject himself to punishment, to beating, to being misunderstood, to being misrepresented, that he will go through all of that just because he loves us. How many know that God didn't need us? He didn't. He just loved you because he loves you. How many know that his love is everlasting? He did all of that just to prove. His love for you. How, much you know, how many of you know that you should be, you should never walk around feeling like you're less than significant. You are extremely important in the eyes of God. So what do you do? And so we look at a, a, a few more points that I want to discuss before we get ready to wind down. So what do you do when God change or alter your plans? So we already established that God works outside of the box. That God oftentimes, the way he works, he don't think and do things the way that we always want him to do it, but yet we know that God is still working. So what do you do when you find that your plans have been altered? Or what do you do when you have a surprise that is unwanted? How many of you have had some surprises recently? Let me show of hands that you just kind of been surprised by a few things. Amen, amen. So what do you do? Let's kind of glean from the lesson here. And this is six of these, so if you want to write them down, I'll just have six of them, then I'll get out of your way. The first thing you do is you trust God. You trust him. How many of you know that the virgin birth, <laughs> how many of you know it took a lot of faith? <laughs> the virgin birth, I'm sure, didn't make a whole lot of sense to Mary. In fact, let's look at, let's look at the Luke chapter 1, verse 26, if you will. I just want to read a couple of verses there. I'm not going to read all of them. It started in verse number 26 in Luke. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin was Mary. And having come in, the angel, look at this church. The angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled. At his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Verse number 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the 
highest will overshadow you. The virgin birth made absolutely no sense. If we listen to it today, we look at that, we think, man, how, how could this happen? And Mary even said, and Mary said, I don't, I don't know, I don't know a man. I, you know, I, you know God, God, this, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. But you know what Mary did? She trusted him. She trusted him. In fact, she said, the Lord, let it be according to your word. How many know that all of us from time to time in life, you're going to face situations when God is working like where things do not make sense? There are, there, are, there are some things that will happen in your life sometimes that you're trying to figure it out, and, and, and none of it makes sense to you. I mean, you've been trying, and you've been beating your head. How many, how many know that there's sometimes that things like that will happen in life? But you know what God called you to do anyway? To trust him. Mary, she trusted. She said, Lord, this don't make sense. Think, think about it, church. This is the first time this has ever happened. And as far as you know, it's the last time it's ever, ever happened or going to happen. And yet this woman she trusts in God. You know, the, the scripture in the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. How many know that she really had not to, she couldn't lean on her own understanding on this one? Some of you are going through some stuff right now, and you can't lean on your own understanding, and it's driving you crazy because you're trying to understand it. When you really shouldn't just be trying to understand, you just need to trust. Trust. Trust that God has a plan in the process. I don't understand this. This don't make sense to me. If you ask me what's going on, I, I, I will have to. I don't know. All I know is this is what God is doing, and I'm just going to trust Him in the process. Don't make sense, but I'm going to trust Him. I'm just going to trust Him. You got to trust Him. I don't know what you're going through, but you got to be like Mary. How I many know what Mary was experiencing? <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. This woman got plans. And she's being put into a situation where she really got to trust God, just like many of us do. Number two, you got to humble yourself. Everybody say humble yourself. Luke 2, 7 says this. Look at this. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And we said earlier that the conditions were terrible. Not only did Mary had to face you know, uh, this unexpected event that happened in her life. But she had to give birth to a baby, and there was no room for her. There's no room for her to, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a decent place where she can have a baby. But then on top of that, you know, we read that, that scripture where it says that, 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 that she, she wrapped them in swaddling cloths. Can, can, I, say, can I say this? That ain't, it, that's not pretty. That's not like uh, Kevin Klein. Uh, that's real old. Uh, you know, they're rags. She had to give birth to her baby, and she had nothing to put him, nothing to put on him. But, but you know what? But Mary, she humbled herself and said, God, God, if this is what it is right now, God, I'm going to stay with you on this. How many know that sometimes God will put you in humbling situations? Well, at one point, I was talking to a brother the other day. We had a long conversation with a brother, and we was, having this, we was talking with him. And he just started talking about all the things that he had and where he was, and, and, he, kept, and he was just really struggling with the whole process. It was, it was real hard for him, and, 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 I, and all I can remember him saying is, you know, God had to humble me. How many know that Mary and Joseph, they humbled themselves? And you know what they did? Get this, church. They saw God in the moment. 
And because they saw God in the moment, they were able to rejoice. They, 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 they saw the baby and they saw the possibilities and nothing else mattered. The reason why sometimes some of us are all in the uproar over our situation is because we're not seeing God in the moment. But I mean, know that God is there. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many know that God is always with you? How many of you believe that? God is always with you. It doesn't matter. Well, don't tell me what it looks like. Don't tell me what it feels like. Because the just shall live by what? He's always with us. So Mary and Joseph... They humble themselves and say, you know what, this, you know, I would have liked this situation to be different. You know, I was thinking about having a marriage and I was thinking about all this other stuff. And, and I find myself in this situation. And you know what she said? She said, Lord, do what you got to do. I accept it. Third point is that they adjusted and they flowed with what God was doing. Everybody say adjust. And think about it for a moment. Think about this girl was excited like any lady would be excited about her wedding plans, right? You know, I'm about to get married, you know. I got my bridesmaids hooked up. We made all the dresses. You know, we rented the reception hall down the street. We got the food ready. We brought all the wedding gowns and the dress. Everything is set. Joseph is ready. The invitations have been sent out. Everything is, man, this is, this is exciting, right? And then all of a sudden, God shows up and boom. Blows up all of her plans. Just completely blows them up. Say, Mary, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine her having that conversation with Joseph. Brothers, walk me for a minute. <laughs> Honey, I'm pregnant. Now, you know that she ain't supposed to have been with nobody, right? They're about to get married, right? Uh, Honey, um, I'm pregnant. Uh, that's one thing. But then, uh, who's the daddy? God. <laughs> Woman, you're crazy. Come on, brothers, you'd be like, how many of you brothers be like, you how do you, come on, come on. So all of this, and now you're having to deal with the fact that, that people are now suspicious because this woman was betrothed, and now she's pregnant? And, now, and you know, even when Jesus, as Jesus matured, that there were people that were still saying that Jesus was born of fornication. They tried to say that basically that Jesus was as a result of a one-night stand. You remember some of the passages that talked about that in the Bible? How they, they talked about Jesus and, you know, you'd be born of fornication, you know. Suspicion, rumors. All of this stuff is happening. And what does Mary do? She just adjusts and flows with it. Say, God, you the one that did this? God, you the one that, 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 that made all this happen? So, God, you're going to have to fix this. Sometimes we have plans set the way we want them, and God will come right in and he'll blow up your plan. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't plan. It just means that you always got to remember God is sovereign. And he reserved the right at any time to come and interrupt your plans. And Mary's idea was, and when they didn't, you know, when their plans got interrupted and all of that, Mary just, she, she just, they adjusted. And they flowed with what God was doing. Fourth point, 
Stay faithful until God brings clarity. Everybody say stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. In Matthew 120, I'm going to read this verse. But while he thought about these things, this is Joseph. Because how do you know the brother had to go home after Mary said that she was pregnant with God's baby? He had to go, by, he had to go home and think about these things. Amen? The brother said amen. Come on. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to understand what kind of impeccable character that Joseph had. Because, you know, we just read here in the scripture that the Bible said that Joseph was a just man. And even though, you know, you know how many of you have really, you, you prayed for God for something and you really, really believed God, and then all of a sudden it, it, just, it just didn't turn out right? Some of us would be tempted to just say, you know what, we'd be mad at God. Have anybody ever really got mad at God if you prayed real hard about something and God didn't come through in the manner you thought he was going to come through? Has anybody been really mad? Come on, let's be honest. Raise your hand. You've been mad at God. You just been mad because this is me. I, you know, I could see, you know, Joseph could have just been so angry, so mad at God and said, you know what, I am done. The Bible says, that, look, look at this, when Joseph got ready to put her away, the Bible said that he wanted to do it secretly. In other words, he wanted to do it with integrity because he understood that, that, that he was a man of God and the way that he was going to respond in that situation, even to her, thinking at that moment that she was wrong, he was still going to deal with her gently. How do you know he was a man of God? And then now, and then Joseph gets clarity. The Holy Spirit comes and, and reveals to Joseph, don't be afraid, Joseph. How do you know when Joseph got clarity, he was on his way. He just went, he got that word in a dream. In a dream, come and God comes, speak to him, say, look, this thing is of the Holy Spirit. He got clarity. Some of us just need to stay faithful until we just get clarity. You may not understand what God is doing right now. may not even make sense to you. But stay faithful. When I say stay faithful, here's what I'm saying when I say stay faithful. Keep the right attitude when you wait for God. Keep loving people. Keep serving people. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep seeking him even in some of your anger and your dissatisfaction. Why? Because you know that in the end, whatever God has planned for you is going to be better. Let me say that again. What God has planned for you is going to be better for you. It may, it, it, to you, it's crazy. It don't make sense. But to God, I'm doing exactly what I want to do in their life. I want to make something happen in their life. And it's going to be amazing. How I many trust God that way? So he stayed faithful. And then number five, don't complain. Don't complain. <laughs> you know what Mary said when she got the word? I mean, you know, some, I can see some of the ladies being like, you got to be kidding me, God. You messed up my plan. I got the man of my dreams. They got out me. I, this is just terrible, God. You know, and she could have went and told everybody and just started complaining about the situation, upset and mad. You know what Mary did? She just simply said, Lord, let it be according to your word. She didn't complain. I said before, I said again, how do we know that complaining is a non-starter with God? Believe it. Understand it. If you don't understand anything else about God, that's one of the most important things about God that you need to know. God does not like complaining. Never. Never. 
And Mary, even though her life had been turned upside down, she kept a positive outlook. She kept a positive outlook. And then finally, you know what she did? She praised him. She praised him. Look at, uh, look at Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 46. Actually, that's a Luke. I may, need, I may mean Matthew. Hold on. I may mean Matthew chapter. Hallelujah. I think maybe I'm in Luke. Luke chapter 1. Look at uh, verse number 46. Look at, Mary, look at Mary's response. This is right after she got the word that God had just upset her plans, all right? All the, think about all the money that's been wasted, all the money that's been spent for this wedding. And what did she do? In verse 46, and Mary said, watch this, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he who has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. You know, when God changes your plans or when God comes and he surprises you, and let, let, let me tell you that he will. Is anybody going to witness to that? <laughs> He's going to change your plans. He's going to redirect you. But you know what you need to do? Do like Mary. Praise him. She says, my soul magnifies God because he who is mighty has done a great thing. He's blessed me. God, God, I mean, how many know that that just, I mean, that just, that, that solidified her faith. And we now understand why God chose them to use them. So she praised him. She didn't fuss. She didn't complain. She just praised. She said, Lord, I'm going to give you the glory. Maybe you're sitting here this morning. And you find yourself in a similar situation. Frustrated, angry, whatever. Your plans got jacked up. Whatever the case might be. I want to encourage you to praise him. Praise him. Praise him. If you, if you have to do it in tears, praise him. If you have to do it when you're driving down the road, praise him. If you have to do it in the mall, praise him. No matter what your situation is you're facing today, praise him. When I say praise him, it's not just, I mean, it's not just about music and dancing. It's about your affirmation of faith and loving God. Lord, I thank you that you're in control like, like Mary. God, my soul, I magnify you, God, because I know that you are doing something amazing in this moment. Even though it doesn't make sense to me, I magnify you, God, because I know that all things are going to work to good for the good for those who love God and who are according to, their, to his purpose. How many know that all things are working together for your good right now? You got a situation right now, but I'm telling you right now, I can sit here and listen to every one of your problems. We all got them, amen? Church said amen. I got them, you got them, everybody got them. You know what? You just need to remember, you need to go to somebody today and say, and look at them and say, look, it's working out for your good. Praise him. Don't complain. Praise him. Praise him. And watch God move. So in conclusion, I just want us to understand that God is working to will and to do of his good pleasure in your life. 
And when things do not happen the way that they're supposed to happen, I want you to understand that you're in good company. It happened to some of the best people in the Bible. You know, these heroes that we read about in the Bible, these heroes of faith, they all had to adjust. They all had circumstances in their lives, but they trust God in the process. So rejoice this holiday season. And don't, listen, and don't complain about it not being what you wanted to be. Just praise him, rejoice, humble yourself. What do we say? Humble yourself, praise him, don't complain, stay faithful. Adjust with what God is doing. Humble yourself and just trust him. And watch what God do. Amen? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you, Lord, for working in the sons, in the hearts of the sons of men. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that your grace is sufficient. We thank you, Lord God, that your plan for us is always better. And God, there's some people in here today, Lord, you know, Father. You know the hearts of all of us. And Lord, there are some who are sitting here today, Lord God, who had plans. They thought that they would be in an entirely different place than where they are today, God. An entirely different job. An entirely different situation, Lord. And they find themselves, Lord, in this place. And on occasion, Lord, have wondered if you are really with them. They have wondered, Lord God, if whether or not you have forgotten them. God's message to you this morning, if that's you, God's message to you is he hasn't forgotten you. God's message to you this morning is that his plans are perfect. you're sitting here today maybe you find yourself in a situation where, where life has just really really surprised you to the point that your faith has been compromised, your joy has been stolen, you've lost your focus, you've kind of lost your way and God just reminded you, he just sent this man, this preacher, this simple preacher to come and to remind you that not only that he loves you with an everlasting love but that everything that's happening in your life is part of a bigger plan to bring you into a wealthy place mentally, spiritually, and physically to make you whole. If that's you right now, I just want you just to, just to just repeat after me. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you come. I'm just going to say a prayer. And if that's you, I just want you to agree with me. You just repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you that you're in control. Forgive me for every time I doubt it. Forgive me for every time I've complained. Strengthen my faith right now. Strengthen my surroundings right now. Open my eyes that I might see the reality of what you are doing. Lord Jesus. I submit to your will. I submit to your plan. Lead me. Guide me. I'm yours. Use me for your glory. Give me the faith to believe what I need to believe to execute 
your plan in the earth. Thank you for choosing me in Jesus' name. Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You never, ever like to close the service without inviting folks to come to Christ.